Do you have any interesting babysitter stories? And long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began. And Kenner continues the excitement. The Empire Strikes Back collection. El Regreso del Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's Kivecast. Was that Star Space Station the snap open space hatch? Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird train! A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, Chewbacca, and Stephen B. Dent. Market data mined by Brisbane Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. And Fantastic Pete. Tech support by the Lobe. On this month's podcast, Sky and Steve talk about the Radar Boy, Rebel Soldier, with his biggest fan, Brock Walker. We react to Rancho's renewed reign. We talk about uncirculated glue and Gentle Giant's continued awesomeness. Brock tells us what a Repro 10 hard copy is, and we contemplate how to make a woman's day. Hoth set. With the Personnel Launcher! We have a new debate D8 about un-American toys, and our market watches POTF and Rebel Soldiers. All this and half as much on the Kivecast Vintage Pod. Wampa Wampa, Space Freaks. Welcome to Kivecast number 44. Yeah, number 44. You know, we wrote on our notes number 43. I did. Yeah, that was my mistake. I kind of realized... (laughs) We were one off there. Well, you know, it's it's. I'm really proud of us, Steve, because uh, we actually technically have never missed a month of recording. That's true. So yeah. because we did a double with Celebration 7, and because we're recording two here in September, we're, we're still intact, no pod fading here. No, no. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. I was looking through all the feedback, all the, the forums. I didn't notice that all the comments on 42 just became when's the new one coming out yeah <laughs> which to tell you the truth uh that makes me a lot happier than it does stressed out yeah no, it's it's uh it was a good feeling to to feel the need <laughs> yeah yeah and there's actually we got a ton of feedback so in the event yeah. that you send us an email there's a good chance we'll be able to address it at the end unless i missed it in my inbox in which case don't take it personal um but yeah no it's it's really fun to be recording again getting back with the figure um yeah and two, I wanted to, I think I told you this, Steve, but uh, on episode number 42, I wanted to figure out how many hours I spend uh, on each podcast oh. episode. Were you able to get a, a ballpark estimate? Yeah, the ballpark figure is about 15 hours. Man. So oh. that, that's just, yeah. a, you know, it's not that much when you consider it's just 15 hours a month or whatever. Um but when I sometimes think, like, boy, I don't post as much as I used to, and, you know, I'm not up on all the Facebook groups and all this, I'm like, yeah. is my hobby uh, involvement in dwindling? It's like, <laughs> I never used to spend 15 hours a month thinking about this stuff. No, it's true. <laughs> it's totally true. Uh, and Steve, your your amount's going up too, eh? Yeah, no, it's it's been good. I mean, I, I, I'm, in, in a sense, not having to worry about school kind of gives me that time to carve out to, to put into the show, but I still feel like that's my main hobby outlet which which i'm happy about it 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 makes me happy and hopefully makes others happy so yeah and and this month you're kind of the driver it's cool because (laughs) usually i come up with the outline and send it out but steve actually sent out the outline and uh it's uh it's cool very appreciated because it's still a a crazy month 
No, I still feel like I'm adjusting to real life after uh, Seattle. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that we recorded our kind of post thoughts on that only a couple weeks ago. So it's still still recovery mode for me. Yeah, you know what happened to me, Steve? I got, like, insanely depressed after getting back from Seattle. (laughs) And, I mean, I think, obviously, a little bit of it is, you know, the kind of crazy upheavals that have been going on in my life and all that. Yeah, Um, yeah. And just the stress of my job and all that. But I think some of it was just that it's hard to experience something so overwhelmingly great. No, uh, that's true. And then kind of come back from it. Yeah, and, and on that note, like, I, I can kind of uh, feel the same way. But then when I heard the episode and I heard uh, Chris's recording, that kind of pumped me up again. It, it felt like uh, it was a nice... I don't know. It was like, a, I think I made a comment on the forums. It's like a, an audio postcard, and it really made me feel like I was there. And in that sense, it was kind of a, a recharger. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's great? I still haven't emailed Chris to say that I listened to it and that I liked it. <laughs> uh, it is published. It is out there. It's published. It's out. I'm sure I'm he's listening to it, but he's. Uh, oh, I'm such awesome. an unsatisfying friend. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, anyways, well, we're talking about. Um, the the rebel guy, um, <laughs> so actually I, I have the card back in front of me to make sure I don't call him the wrong thing. Okay, it is the rebel soldier, yeah, right. And there's also a rebel commander. Yes, there's a rebel commander that came out a little bit later, uh, and then even even then there was a rebel commando. So right. you, you, I can see the the confusion. And that was the guy. That was the green guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, I, you'll hear this guy later. I try to sort of help myself figure out which one is which. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, well, good. Well, I think we could go to the. And I'll forget it, Steve. I'm, I'm going to go too far. So <laughs> do it. Let's so, just have at it. <laughs> yeah, let's just have at it. Cause we're going to call Brock soon, who's the the world expert in uh, in the Rebel Soldier. Yeah. And I realize that Star Wars has completely changed the way most people approach world politics. Ooh. Oh man. And, Here we go. And especially my kids, because you know we'll be listening to the news. And it'll be like, and the Syria's, the rebels in Syria did this and that and that. And it's like, oh, those are the good yeah. guys. Like, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> you see, definitely the people in power are the bad guys. But the rebels are also probably bad guys, too. <laughs> so, or whatever, whatever's happening in Mali, you know, which is yeah, a little bit less reported. Yeah. But the rebels in that case are definitely closer in line to what we conceive to be a bad guy. Of course, this is geopolitical right. stuff, which goes way beyond uh, my comprehension. Um, <laughs> yeah. but it's just funny that we're sort of constantly on that thing, just like, oh, they're the rebels. They're good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. On that, on a similar note, my dad is, was a, you know, he still is a huge Civil War buff, and when I was younger, he used to actually do reenactments and stuff, and being a Star Wars kid, seeing my dad go dress up for, you know, both sides or whatever, I'm <laughs> so wait, you're the rebels but, this time, but you're <laughs> it was yeah. very confusing. It, it kind of represents the, the confusion over that. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. Yeah. yeah, that's true, and especially with the Civil War. Um, you know, being being the Northerner that I am, uh, I always it was like, wait, so the rebels are the bad guys, but the rebels are the good. Guys. I don't, I don't get it. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, I, at some point, I, I have a, a much uh, deeper movie thought about the nature of uh, of rebellion. Ooh, um, okay. But that's not for today, because my All movie right. thought is actually pretty simple, Steve. Okay. All right. This actually still still rings in from the uh, the viewing of Return of the Jedi. Ooh, all right. And the great thing is just the weird little plot holes, right? And there's things yeah. that you see that are awesome and great. But then if you think about them one extra second, 
that I hadn't done for my 36 <laughs> years on this li- on this planet. Yep. So they're up there and they're on the trees, and then oh cool, they get on the vines and then they swing across. Mm-hmm. So what happened to all the people who were tied up to the stick, who were upside down? <laughs> Did C-3PO was he able to hold on to the vine and swing across? How would like Ewoks be able to like handle that much velocity and weight on the other side? Oh man! I mean, See, can- <laughs> it, what we're probably going to get in a couple years is a, uh, a special edition added scene where they explain that because that's what right. <laughs> that's what the special editions are for. It's explaining everything, or, or just a really long scene of them trying to go down the tree and then up the other tree hoisting him down and pulling him up now it'll happen just just mark my words yeah yeah it will (laughs) um so yeah that that was fun trying to imagine c-3po on a on a vine swinging across oh yeah especially when you think of the vintage figure you know just totally unable to (laughs) hold anything you know grasp anything at all yeah (laughs) that's funny um, yeah, it's it, it, movie inconsistencies is kind of on my movie thought too. With, with the Rebel Soldier in particular, one of the only ones that actually has like a speaking part. That guy who calls in the the uh, the message that the walkers are there. My babysitter back when I was a kid pointed out to me that yeah, these guys were like Norwegians, right? So they probably didn't speak English. So when he, when he says his line or whatever, she said, look how dubbed that is. And so whenever I see it, I just can't help but think that's some Norwegian trying to speak English when it's just a clear overdub. Wow, I've never noticed that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, check it out. I mean, it, it's, I watched it just tonight just to see if it was as, as like, overdramatic as I remembered it. And it's not quite as bad as I remembered, but it's there. So it's just kind of funny. What kind of awesome babysitter? Did she have I know she was. She was a movie buff, a total movie buff. She also was a, a. She collected vintage Star Wars a bit, so that that's like a, a story for another bit. That's that was wow. kind of a big influence on me. So yeah, no, that that was that was one thing I, I took from that scene. Like, man, that guy, he's not American. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my babysitter was this like somewhat uh psychotic ex uh New York City taxi cab driver. Oh man, see that sounds like a movie. <laughs> yeah, every time I'd get in the car he'd go, uh don't touch the upholstery. And so like I couldn't put my feet up and he'd just kinda drive around and uh <laughs> he bragged to me that Janice Joplin once tried to sleep with him but he turned her down. That's and interesting. He looks a lot like Gary Carter, if you're if you're familiar with the, <laughs> the catcher for the Expos. Yes. Uh, and then later the Mets. <laughs> Oh, uh, awesome. So, yeah, that's uh, babysitting stories with Sky and Steve. <laughs> uh, now, see, there's, there's no there's no limits, man. There's there, no. there's no limits, you know. That's yeah. what uh that's what people <laughs> like. Um so do you have any kind of uh, figure thoughts, Steve? Well, it this is kind of it, it relates to my general Star Wars Star Wars childhood in that I didn't have any Luke Skywalker figures. Um so I did have a Rebel Soldier, so he kinda served as my, my Hoth Luke, whereas the B Wing pilot was my pilot Luke. And uh I had my brother's old Tauntaun that was, you know, had nothing, so it was just a, a bareback rebel soldier playing in the, the sandbox. That was my figure thought, I guess. But uh, that, that's just one of those things where you can use these kind of nameless soldiers and, and make them whoever you want. And for me, it, it was Luke. So Ha! So there you go, Mr. Santa Barbara. Mr. I live in a town that used to play the original <laughs> trilogy every three years, and I live five minutes from the beach and from the ocean. You didn't have good snow place. So, no, no, no. We had a white sandbox, and that was, that was hot. Yeah, well, we're actually going to help you out later in the episode figure out Exactly how to recreate Hoth uh, yes. in an excellent way. 
<laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, well, I think then uh, we got, but you know, Steve. Sometimes it feels like we go from feature to feature. But sometimes, then, but you know. But then we've also interrupted it with babysitting stories. That's that's true. <laughs> and so, get <laughs> uh, off the upholstery. All, all, yeah, exactly. It's How just a, but one time he like. Uh, we were driving to this like weird museum of natural history, which if you're from Boston, uh, you can tell me if you've ever been to this place, because I don't really remember it hardly at all. It was just this weird thing, and I was sleeping in the back, and he got pulled over by the police, and they mm-hmm. asked me, do you know this man? <laughs> and I remember thinking very concretely, it would be uh. hilarious if I said no. Yeah. But just something in me just said, yes, and you let him go. And if I had said no, like... I think my entire your, your life, life... Your life's path would be totally different. Totally, because I would have totally yeah. had a different thought about, like, lying and jokes and humor, and it would have been really traumatizing, and, like, the police would have had to come, and... Yeah. Wow, man. The things yeah. that could happen. Yeah, <laughs> things that could happen. Yeah. yeah All right, so. Steve, so uh, should we should we uh, sky coup or flip the script? What, what do you think the audience is asking for? I think they like the, the sky coups better, so we'll, we'll feed that need first. Okay. Um, all right, so we'll go with the uh, with the character first. Okay, all right. So this is the actual character of the rebel soldier. Okay. In compacted snow, beneath the metal crush foot, rebel soldier lays. <laughs> uh, uh, and awesome. and uh, here it is for the toy. Okay. Goggles fixed on head. Quilted fabric in plastic. Radar boy soldier. <laughs> so that's oh, how I know stuff. him now, is the radar boy. That's yeah, that's how I'm yeah. going to keep the difference between him and the commander. Yeah. The commander's uh, got the mustache like Cliff yep. Clavin, and yep. you have to have a mustache to be a commander, and yeah. he's radar boy. Because <laughs> he's standing in front of the radar gun. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a good call. It's funny. Uh, I almost thought you were going to have a, a sky coup about that one poor soldier that gets gets gunned down by the walker. Do you remember that guy? Oh, They're yeah, kind of running yeah. away. <laughs> He's just the one guy that gets taken out. He deserves like a, a dip, maybe a longer form poem. I don't know. Yeah. That, that guy just, he got screwed. You know, yeah. they're all running away. And for the reason they picked him out to just get shot. That wasn't cool. Yeah, though I bet if you were one of the extras, you'd want to be that, like, who wasn't oh, yeah. seen. Like, that, yeah, that was me. That was definitely yeah, the me. The guy that, that flies and dies. And that's, that's the one you do want to be as an extra. That's true. And same thing with the Ewok who got, who got yeah, killed. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. that's the thing. Like, it seems like the Ewok gets so much more talk and, and recognition. But that poor soldier, man, he just. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Um, uh, cool. Then I guess you can uh, you can you can flip your script. Yeah, sounds good. Um, it's getting really really hot here. Flip the script. Flip the script. All right. So this is we're keeping with the hot theme. It's not Rebel Soldier theme, but it's it's hot. Um, sometimes script pages just kind of read funny, or, or lines read funny, and definitely with Star Wars, I think Harrison Ford always had that famous quote about reading it and not being able to say it. But, uh, but from that scene where the, uh, the first transport's trying to escape Hoth and the ion cannon's getting fired, um, the c- controller just says, fire the big gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost, I wish that was in there still, because it's so much more militaristic and formalized in the final movie, but I just I imagine this guy sitting behind this computer panel saying, fire the big gun and pressing a button. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a line from Spaceballs, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Spaceballs was what, like 
four or five years down the line. So right, fire <laughs> the big gun. That's great. Oh, I like yeah. that, Steve. That was good. Awesome. All right. Well, this is about as much as you are allowed to talk about the Rebel Soldier <laughs> without uh, contacting yeah. Brock. That's true. <laughs> Is this Brock Walker? It is. Hey, right, what's up, man? We are uh, we are already recording here on the Kive uh, Cast. Awesome. We we've we've talked about the Rebel Soldier for like five minutes, and we, we just we couldn't we couldn't talk anymore without talking to you, Brock. Well, it's glad to think that somebody actually think it deserves more than five minutes. <laughs> oh, he definitely does. I mean, it's so cool that like you know the guy from Cheers got his own. Oh wait, no. Wait, which one? No, this is Radar Boy. Okay, the Radar Boy got his own. Uh... <laughs> That—that's what I'm calling him now, Brock. I'm calling him Radar Boy. What do you think? He's Radar Boy. <laughs> yeah, and then it makes me think of Radar from Mash, because he does look like awfully young, doesn't he? Have you actually looked at him on the on the card back? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure being listed early like they do, and you know, most intergalactic armies, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did, did we talk, Brock, um, last time? Well, I mean, we've spoken to you, I don't know, 15 times. But when we did our official interview, did we ever talk to you about why you chose to be a Rebel Soldier collector? Uh, I believe maybe in one of the very early shows uh, when the podcast first started. Uh, but I'm, I'd be happy to uh, story again. I mean, it's not anything too lengthy. Um Basically, whenever I was a kid, for whatever reason, it was my favorite action figure. I don't know. You know, I was really young when I got it. You know, when it came out, I was probably five or six years old. And I'm not sure if I thought it was Luke or if I just thought it was a cool outfit or exactly what it was, but it was the figure I packed around with me everywhere I went. And uh, every Sunday, I was allowed to carry one toy to church with me to keep me occupied when I was sitting in the pew or whatever so I didn't disturb anybody else. And it was always one I chose. And, you know, I probably went through, I don't know how many of them as a kid because I just kept, you know, knocking heads off of them or whatever. And it's just the <laughs> the one action figure from my childhood that sticks out more than anything. And so whenever I decided I was going to focus on a character, it was just the natural choice. That's awesome. You know, I do now remember you telling that, but that's definitely a story that bears being repeated oh, more yeah. than once every three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I, you consider doing main characters, you know, or whatever, and because, I mean, obviously there's characters in the film that I like more than that particular character. <laughs> but, but when it comes down to it, I collect the toys because of the toys, not because of the movies. I've told this Steve on countless occasions that, you know, while I love the movies, it's not the reason I necessarily collect the toys. They were a big part of my childhood, and when I look back on it, it's that and then other lame characters from Jedi, you know, really <laughs> right. report that I tend to collect. So, I mean, uh, my, my Star Wars room is full of lameness when it comes to character collections. Right. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Now, um, have you gone to church as an adult with a rebel soldier? Uh, if you count the one that's tattooed on my arm, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that counts. 
<laughs> well, I, I, th- I think you should, you know, do that again. I think, I think you, you might actually honestly have a spiritual experience, like this kind of physical totem, you know, to like a, a younger time, you know, now that you're old enough to sort of understand the, you know, the mysteries of the Eucharist and all that, you can still have, uh, have the rebel soldier with you. There you go, absolutely. And it definitely needs something to keep me occupied so I don't bother the other people. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny because, um, I've actually started going back to church recently and I bring like, I tell you like a, like a class. Like I bring a notebook and I take notes on the sermon and like what are the, what are the hymns about and the whole thing. And everyone just kind of stares at me like I'm some kind of alien. Um, <laughs> but I, maybe I should bring a Chewy in with me. That, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that can help me. I don't see, I guess we can't talk about the Eucharist, right? That's like. Well. <laughs> It's, it's better than talking about the Bob Eucharist. So, right. <laughs> uh, that was, is that the worst joke I've ever made, Steve? <laughs> we're we're getting close. Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting close. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, I think that was the, what happens is uh, Brock is that when we do the bring the person in, then sometimes I never know when to actually put the drop in. So that was my attempt at coming up with a spacer in between bringing in Brock. And 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 the drop uh, for news. So what we'll do here is I won't actually hit stop, but I will insert a couple seconds of. of did you know, Steve, that people like the news drop? Yeah, man, that's a good thing. But when I changed it for a while, people got people got upset. <clears throat> no, it was always one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in those fifteen hours, I don't do a lot of consulting with Steve. <laughs> <laughs> It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. Here's the news. It's Kenner's news. So, Brock, we don't uh, we don't have a ton of news here. Um, we just recorded pretty recently um, at, uh, at ICE. Did you get a chance to listen to our ICE coverage yet? Not as of yet. I've uh, been super busy since I got back home. I've got it downloaded, but I've not had a chance to actually check it out. Well, that's cool. That's... Uh, that's that's just this guy. Don't was Brock even on it, Steve? I don't know. Did you ever come into the stitch room, Brock? No, I didn't do any recording while I was there at all. Oh, okay. you were, that's right, because we were going to do the Rebel Soldier stuff there, but we decided it would be better to just keep it on its own. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The whole hey, we're going to get together and we're going to record something. It's really <laughs> hard to do. <laughs> it was really you hard. Want to kind of hang out and talk, and you don't really want to like do all that. But uh, Steve, actually, I'm going to sort of. Uh, jump all over your notes and okay. talk about something that wasn't even on your notes. Yeah, yeah. So, so Brock, are you going to get the Gentle Giant 12-inch uh, Rebel Soldier? Uh, yeah, I think I kind of have to. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where it's going to go on display. It may end up in my, you know, in Bronx's room, you know, more so than mine. But I definitely, you know, once I actually seen pictures of the final product the other day, I posted over Facebook that I'm pretty much become a fanboy. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely see. This is how bad it is. Though I'm not even sure. Do those things open up so you can get to the figure and seal it back without messing up anything, or is it you open it? It's open. No, you got to open it. Okay. Because um, yeah, cause I, 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 really I, know, I, I got to pick up a second Chewy at some point. Yeah. Um, see, see, I'm thinking I might just have to open the play with it. Just you know, maybe that'll go to church with me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I can just sit that in the pew right next to me. Yeah. That wouldn't look there odd you. at all. Yeah. Very conspicuous. I mean, if it's big enough, you could probably take it to Sunday school and drop it off. And, you know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no, yeah I, I, I definitely got to get one though, for sure. Yeah, I've those held things off are until now. I've not yeah. bought one. I got close to buying R five D four, but I thought myself out of it because I just I'm afraid the completeness in me would, you know, make me have to start buying them all, and I just I don't have the space nor desire really to have all of them. So I've held off until now, but I, I can't I can't pass this up. Yeah, t- to be honest, I think that. You know, and I'm guilty of this too, but as vintage collectors, the idea that we don't buy every single one of these is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> because nothing is a better tribute to the toys that we say we love more than the actual thing in totally different scale that's just pure appreciation of the vintage sculpt. It's like, it's so cool. And, and yet, we don't get them because it's like 80 bucks. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we don't balk whenever it comes to buying proof cards and chromalins and right. shots and everything else. We just shell that money out left and right. Yeah. <laughs> but then that leads me to the other big news item, Steve, which I can't believe you didn't put on your news list. <laughs> What's that? The six-foot stormtrooper. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was just thinking about that when you are mentioning this guy. So Yeah. So you, uh, you guys have both seen this, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so it's a six-foot recreation of the Kenner Stormtrooper figure. Right. And uh, it's $2,300. Mm. But I still don't understand why people think there's anything wrong with this. What, what, what is your point against it, Steve? Why do I, I you not like it? No, no, it's not that I don't like it. I just It's just that funny thing where you don't want to <laughs> pay that much for... for uh, Something new. It's it's just funny. It doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't now, work logically in a lot of ways. But <laughs> now, are, are you against it too, Brock? I'm not against the item itself, but I am right. kind of against the price. I think that yeah. seems a little outlandish for that particular item. You know, maybe half that price, especially if they were to make something. You know, that would be an R5D4 I could get behind. You know, right. give me, give me <laughs> yeah. a four foot R5D4 for half the price, and I would strongly consider it. But. Uh, <laughs> Stormtrooper at uh, twenty three hundred dollars. I'm just not sold on it. Yeah, I, I mean, I one of the things that we have uh, in our house, uh, Steve. You actually, uh, I think you've seen this. Mm-hmm. Was when we moved to Santa Barbara in two thousand and four. There used to be a toy store downtown. Uh, what was it called, Steve? Uh, are you talking about Tom's Toys? Yeah, Tom's Toys. Yeah. Um, and it was this huge, like two story toy store. The kind of place that's awesome and can't exist in a place where rent is as high as it is in Santa Barbara. Yeah, it's it's long um, gone now. That that's my second diss on on uh, Santa Barbara <laughs> Steve. Um, but they had the the giant Playmobil uh, display figures. In oh, front. cool! That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. But like the four foot tall display figures, and the only one they had was like the modern version of the girl with like a ponytail. And as everyone knows, Lobart is a huge Playmobil collector. So, like, how much for the four-foot Playmobil girl in the window? And it was a hundred bucks. Damn. So, okay. Yeah. Great. And I just popped down hundred bucks, and I got it. And I walked all the way up State Street with this giant <laughs> thing on my shoulders because there's no other way to carry it. And my car was six blocks away. Uh. And every single time, someone goes, "Hey, hey nice Lego." <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because for Playmobil collectors, calling Playmobil Lego is like calling oh, Star man. Trek Star Wars and vice oh, versa. Man. Yeah, that's. Oh. So I gave that to Bart, and then the next week there was another one in the window, the exact same figure. Oh. Uh, so I bought that one, and that one is now in my daughter's room. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm totally in favor of these giant toys, and if they make a Chewbacca, I 
Oh, I'm yeah. absolutely buying it the day it comes out, no matter what it costs. <laughs> you know, if I have to sell a proof card to get it, I will. I mean, that's to me like when when we were in uh, Seattle at the at the uh, the Death Star Theater, you know, Vic and Lisa's place. They had that uh, Darth Vader samurai thing. That's right. That? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I remember that came out thinking it was too expensive. That thing is so awesome. You know, that that was one not to pass up on. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's my pitch. I am all in favor of the six-foot ones, and I hope it works out. I mean, do we have any clue if they're going to be making more, or is, is this a test run, or is this just a kind of a one-and-done thing? I, I don't know. Yeah, see, I wasn't um, sure about that either. Yeah, I haven't read any information, you know, that's really leading me to believe that there's more on the way, but it seems kind of pointless to only do one. And if you want to do one, why wouldn't you choose Vader first? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe because it cost more to try and figure out the the, the saber mechanism. <laughs> but how cool would that be having a life size <laughs> Vader tele you know telescoping lightsaber? Oh man, yeah. I don't know if they're going to do more. And that was the other one. Remember at uh, at Jordan's booth, you know, Hollywood Heroes from the the TV show uh, Toy right. Hunters, Toy Hunter or Toy Hunters? Toy Hunter, Just, I believe. Toy yeah. Hunter. Uh, we don't have cable. Um, did I mention that every week? Um, <laughs> he had a life-size yak face. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah what was the story with that? Uh, I, I believe he had it made just because he wanted something really neat, you know, to keep his booth at various shows or whatever. But another interesting tidbit about it is in Orlando, during, I guess, the travel to the convention uh, at Celebration 5, he the hand got destroyed somehow or damaged until uh, it broke or whatever, and he had one Scott McWilliams actually cast the hand and make it. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. So wow. On site and, and actually repair it, which kind of led, you know, a whole nother path of you know, avenues to go down with everything that wow. was involved with all that mess. Wow. So, uh, I mean, he pretty much put his capabilities on display right there, literally. Right, right. So, for those of you who haven't been, haven't been paying attention, Scott McWilliams is the author of the famous Green Harvest scandal of uh, fake hard copies. And, uh, yeah, wow, that's, that's pretty that's wow. amazing. Well, at least that's the story I heard while I was there. I, I, you know, I did not see that happen with my own eyes, but that was what I was told before the show started by. No, it's, it's official now. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. The the most famous fraudster in the history of the hobby made yak faces left hand. Yeah. For Jordan. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, all right, Steve, what, what's next on the news then after I've uh, jumped all over your wonderful preparation? No, no, not jumping over it. It's stuff that I, I should have put in there. But uh, <laughs> you got an email, or you sent me an email the other day asking about a hockey league, which uh, <laughs> I guess it's, it's official now, right? We, we, it's, yeah. It's, it's we, the real we, deal. We have a, an official hockey league for the Kivecast. It's not for Rebel Scum. It's for the Kivecast. Um, I, I, of course, invited Brock, and he, he didn't answer. I know he doesn't like hockey. But this is my question for you, Brock. Do you think it's possible, like, possible for Steve to do worse in hockey? <laughs> <laughs> right? He can only do as well, right? Like, he couldn't – you can't finish worse than last, right, Brock? No. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that since he doesn't know anything about hockey, he might actually have a fighting chance at doing better. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> just my thought as well. Like, the fact that I know nothing at all about it, I might just get lucky. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that, that'll be fun. So we'll, for all of you listeners who thought that the torture was over. It's, it because, is not. It is Steve, not. <laughs> we're we're going to get Steve to become a real hockey head. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's fun because, uh, and, you know, Brock is the, is the longtime commissioner of the baseball league, sort of the, the leader of that pack. So I'm sort of trying to be the Brock of hockey. <laughs> branching off and getting your own pack. Yeah, I'm trying to be the the Brocky. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it only gets better. Yeah, that was almost as good as my Bob Eucharist. Oh. <laughs> I see, do you see? Do you even know who Bob Eucher is? Uh, yes, yeah, I'm just okay. about to die laughing. I'm, I'm really holding it back right now, just to let okay. you know. <laughs> Good, um, because you know most people like your generation, like Bob Uecker, was really famous when Brock and I were kids. But probably by the time you were older, he wasn't as famous. Um, but was he a better catcher, or was he better on Mr. Belvedere? That's the bigger question. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is oh, really man. that's an important question. <laughs> I forgot that was him and Mr. Belvedere. Can we do a Mr. Belvedere podcast? Sidebar, sidebar, yeah. Belvedere. Yeah, I'm yeah, sideshow. That's the most I've ever laughed at a joke. All right, fine. It's already happening, guys. The most I've ever laughed, I laughed for probably about a half an hour. There was a joke where Mr. Belvedere was watching uh, The Wheel of Fortune by himself, and and the person says, I'd like to buy an apostrophe. And, and Mr. Belvedere goes, you can't buy an apostrophe, you twit. And I don't know what it was, but I laughed for like a half an hour. Like I could not stop laughing at that. Oh, uh, Lord. That's good. Um, so, what else important news in Star Wars has there been, Steve? Well, uh, this is on a, on a totally unrelated subject. Uh, someone just got the world record, the Guinness World Record, for the biggest Star Wars collection, and it wasn't one of the two collections that we were visiting in Seattle. It was uh, San, uh, San Suites Rancho Obi-Wan. Yeah. It's a big, big announcement recently. It's... it's, uh, it's it's crazy that it didn't happen sooner to me, I guess. I don't know who, who held it before him. But. Oh, you, you don't? Wait, oh, wait a minute. No, it was... What, what's the guy's name? Uh, I hopefully brought Jason, those more. Uh, uh, Jason Joyner, I believe. That's right. That's the right. guy that previously held it. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly. And he yeah. was somebody in England, right? Uh, I believe so. I'm not real familiar with Jason. And I'm pretty sure he just said, hey, I've got the biggest Star Wars collection, and they just said, okay. And he's had that, that record for years. As far as I could tell, I remember when I got into Vintage, you know, whatever, almost a decade ago, and I remember looking it up in the Guinness Book of World Records thinking, wow, this Jason Joyner guy must be a really big deal. And then every time I brought him up, people would kind of laugh. Hmm. Maybe he listens. Yeah, you never know. That would be a good interview, right? Because he's been the mysterious number one collector for a long time. Yeah, oh, wasn't it listed as something like 20,000 items, you know, for yeah, him, the yeah. collector, and then, I don't know, oh, uh, since we had some, like, 14 times that amount or something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's awesome, and, and they're having sort of, like, the big festival out, out of Rancho Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, I think they're, they're having a, an official party uh, about the, uh, the uh, award, so it's, it's going to be good, and... Um, Are you going to that, Steve? No, I wish. Um, not going to that, but uh, hopefully, this is uh, our little segue here. Um, I'm hopefully that the Collectors Club in California is still alive. It still exists, sort of. 
Uh, but we're going to try and get another group up there in December. Uh, so it'll be past the uh, the big Guinness World Record celebration, but we're hopefully going to get that, get up there again. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, yeah the, what, you've had a collector club that was at your last meeting was that was up there <laughs> it was yeah well no 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 it's not that's not true we had we had one on may 4th it was a small one but it was at david Carr's uh down in orange county so we, we've oh, still cool. been doing the alternate norcal socal thing but uh no we're gonna try and get some people up there again this december now brock why don't you have a kentucky club uh i believe we do have a kentucky club the last time I checked, you, it was like for 501st members and some other things, and I think I was invited once several years ago, and it just never worked out, so I'm not even sure where it, uh, I want to say it's basically based around the Louisville and Lexington area, which is, you know, probably like three to four hours, you know, from right. here, and I've just, I've, I've never ran into it. I'd be happy to be part of one, especially if there was a vintage, you know, contingent that I could get involved with, but, you know, I've never uh, been privy to such meetings, so... <laughs> Yeah, we, and, or, or, I, and I don't know that I have the leadership skills of you know Steve or yourself in order to carry it forward. So, yeah, well, neither do we, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we we can never live up to to Sarlacc. That that kind of put me to shame. <laughs> that whole those guys are great. Yeah, well, you know, there's also the the Kentucky Escape podcast. That's right. You know? Yeah, um, and uh, you, you should listen to them. You know, because it's all about. Kentucky and Star Wars collecting, and we maybe accidentally stole their name. Surely <laughs> <laughs> not. But we didn't know because we're back to the Kivecast. So there you go. Yeah, it's it's all it's all good. But yeah. uh, right, Sky, are you going to the uh, the New York thing at Comic Con? You, you've been before. Yeah. So there's <clears throat> the weird thing of like uh, the Empire State uh, Star Wars Collectors Club, of right. which I am one of the founding m- members, but not a directing member. It's uh, mostly uh, Tom and and, uh, and Jason. Um, I, so the funny thing is, right? So everything's everyone's going down to New York City Comic Con, and it's this whole great thing, and they're going to have dinner, and it's going to be this great collector club. And if you're listening to this and you think, "Oh, I'm being excluded," if you hear the voice, you can get in on this dinner. You know. And uh, so I got tickets for the Comic-Con and everything, and then my department planned a trip. Uh. And I'm not the planner of the trip, but I'm the only person in the department who's willing to drive a 15-seater van. Oh, man. So I'm going to be driving the students in the 15-seater van. But guess where we're going? <laughs> we're going to New York City. <laughs> so I'm going to do so some you're taking a detour, of, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some kind of weird, you know... I don't know, sitcom, you know, two dates in the same restaurant kind of thing. Of like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to be going to the MoMA and I'm going to be giving a talk about Rene Magritte. And then hopefully that night I'll be able to hang out with a bunch of Star Wars collectors uh, at an expensive restaurant. But my family's coming too, so um, maybe that'd be a chance for you know my family to meet some of the Star Wars folks. I don't know. Well, that's good. You're, you're going to be in the vicinity. You, you, got a, you got a fighting chance to get there. That's good. Yeah, I, I do. You're going to be there a lot closer than I am, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, Steve, you're doing a really good job of, like, integrating all this news into... Because <laughs> this is one of the subheadings Steve came up with was Collector Club Roundup. Because um, it's just going crazy. No, it's, it's did you, true. There's a did lot you of... have a Red Bull? Steve, did you have a Red Bull? <laughs> no, no, no Red Bulls. I don't drink those anymore. <laughs> oh. Maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe that's yeah. why you're doing so well. You're off the Red Bulls. <laughs> 
<laughs> is, there, uh, is there a story there, Brock? No, no, just, he just used to, you know, pound them, you know, fist after fist back in the day, so I thought maybe that would back on him, and he was on top of things, had his juices flowing again. No, I've, I've switched from Red Bull to Tecate. I think that's that's my, my go-to, is Tecate. <laughs> wow, that's, uh... No. Huh. <laughs> All right, so intervention, uh, Steve. You didn't know this is what this was about, but uh, Brock and I both love you very much, and... Uh, <laughs> That's us you on the line. Great. Um, <laughs> I see what's going on. I see it. I, I understand. <laughs> Do it for Digby. Oh. <laughs> uh, and there's uh, and there's an Arizona club too. Yeah, that's right. The, the Arizona they're having one on November second. Um, that's organized by Paul, who goes by Fuzzball on the forums. He's a listener. Um, yeah. and, and then we Wait, have is New he England. the same as like there's another. F- Listener from England who goes by something fuzzy. It's it did, yeah. I, it's I don't know. That's true. Who's that? There's Is it the same one. guy? Are there no, two fuzzies? No, no. no, no there, there are there are two maybe fuzz somethings, but no fuzz ball. That's Paul. Right. Yeah. Should uh, be fuzz Paul. <laughs> Come on, that's a lot funnier, isn't it? Okay, you've heard it, Paul. You should change your name to Fuzz Paul. Okay. That's, <laughs> okay. Oh man! And then, then lastly, we got the the New England get together. It's uh, Rob Micro Robs on November tenth. So and then these are all I think guys that have done it regularly, and it's just good to see that they're still doing it. Um, it kind of makes me realize, yeah, I got to keep doing it too. As long as people are interested, I'm I'm up for it. So yeah, and you know the the last month's show prompted a lot of sort of more talk about the inner circle question and all that. Obviously, because the meeting was somewhat exclusionary by nature. Um, that's why these things are so important because yeah. I, you know, it doesn't matter if you have an inner circle. It matters if you have friends in the hobby and the only way you're going to have friends in the hobby, you know, real meaningful friends is if you meet them and, you know, see them. So here, whether you're on the West coast and the Southwest or on the East coast, you know, there's within a month, there's going to be real meetings, um, of good folks who probably have a better collection than you do. That's been my experience. Um, yeah. So, and who are also nice people. Um, right, Steve? Yeah. Did, absolutely. Did I, did I say something out of line? No, I don't think so. <laughs> and then actually, um, do you remember Andy? Which Andy? Uh, bootleg Andy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Andy um, Anderson, yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been sort of emailing less because uh, I think because Joe hasn't been on in a while. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, <laughs> a little letter of apology to our bootleg fans. Um, Joe's been a little bit uh, not around, so our bootleg content has been a bit down. Oh, I can ask Brock. Hey, Brock. Uh, sure, you can ask. I'm not going to answer, but you can ask. Are there any Rebel Soldier bootlegs? There are Rebel Soldier bootlegs, but I do not know a whole lot about them because I decided long ago that I wasn't going to include bootlegs in my focus, but there definitely are Rebel Soldier bootlegs out there. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I feel uh, so bad for the bootleg collectors. Just when you thought you got a bone, here you go. You got boned. Oh. They, they are quite awesome and nice pieces. I just decided I personally wasn't going to go after them because that just was more things to spend money at, and I wanted to concentrate on prototyping. So... All right. Well, then, then you know what? It's been uh, it's been thrown out there, bootleg collectors. You send us information about Rebel Soldier bootlegs, and the next figure. <clears throat> uh, what's the next figure, Steve? It's the uh, the Asian Bespin Guard. Okay, good. So you send us bootlegs about uh, Rebels. You become the Joe. 
Right? You fill in that Joe-shaped void in your own heart and send us information about Rebel Soldier bootlegs and Asian security guard bootlegs. <laughs> Does that sound good? Yeah, I think that, that's a good call-out. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, well, what Andy said, now that I've sat there... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, just rambling on for a lot longer. Um, he was saying that we should maybe mention that there's really been a real move away from Rebel Scum. Mm. Um, and that it's mainly going towards Facebook. Is that something you guys have noticed? I think in a you know certain group of people, for sure. I, mean, I think a lot of the old-timers you know, have definitely moved more towards Facebook. Uh, the rebels come. It's uh, you have. It seems like you have quicker direct access to, you know, most of your closest friends. And you know, it's. Uh, I know I spend a whole lot more time on Facebook than I do rebels come. And it's not because I don't have an interest in rebels. It just happens to be where most of the people are hanging out. So you know, I'm always going to go where I can you know connect with the most people, you know, most of the time. And you know, I, I personally think Facebook is working out quite well. I mean, with the various. You know, specialized groups and things broken down a bit easier. Um, now, is is that what you do, Brock? You go to like specialized groups? Yeah, I mean, there's there's groups for just regular collecting. There's focus collector groups. There's coin groups. There's prototype groups. There's, I mean, you know, uh, all sorts of ways to get quick access to the people that have the answers you might be looking for. Quicker. Now, now, here's a stupid question: If you post something there, does that automatically show up on your own timeline? I think it depends on if group is open or closed. Uh, I think that if you, with it being a group like that, it may only show up on the timelines of people or on the news feeds of people that subscribe to the group. I don't think it will actually show up on your timeline. Oh, because cool. You're, okay. you're posting it, you're posting it to the group, not necessarily, because you're not posting it from your page, you're actually going to the group page and posting it there, and I think it's, uh, and if you are a subscriber, it'll come across your news feed or it'll put, you know, like a little notification in the top where you click on it and it shows what people's been posting and it'll say so and so's posted, you know, something in this particular group, you know, maybe posted a picture or, you know, posted a question or, you know, or whatever, something like that. But, That's uh, all. I gotta, I gotta do that because I was afraid of like, you know, all of my uh, 17th century French scholar friends only reading. <laughs> so uh, who else notices that 48 Cs are, are less rare than 48 Bs? Because that's my experience, Glavin. There's no shortage of groups either. So, I mean, you know, mm. definitely if you're interested in, you know, interacting in various areas, I, I'd certainly, you know, check into it because there's definitely a lot of groups to choose from. Yeah, he was saying that he has like a whole fat collector thing. And that he invited us, Steve, and we should join. So okay, yeah, I'll join. Uh, absolutely. Not mean I have one fet, but I like it. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's interesting. I think there's something else they're turning toward to Steve. <laughs> What's that? Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. No. There's there's a lot of podcasts coming up. It's it's really good to see. Yeah, I uh, I finally got a chance to listen to. I hadn't listened to Galaxy of Toys in a while. Um, but uh, I listened to their thing with Gus, yeah, and and it's it's a nice compliment, I think, to our show in a way because like if you listen to the twelve inch special that we did with Lee Bullock, mm-hmm. and you listen to that, there's very little overlap in the information. Oh, that's um, good. Which yeah. is what I was I was just curious, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's some stuff on there that we didn't talk about, and some stuff on ours that they didn't talk about, and mm-hmm. you know, theirs is maybe a little bit less like. 
about the nature of collecting vintage and more about the toys themselves, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was neat. And, you know, Plaid Stallions is going, and yeah, and that's so right. Sort of more, I guess, you know, Web two point oh. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. Let's see, you had even more news, Steve. We, we, <laughs> we both found the same fascinating uh, story. Oh boy, yeah, Brock. Have you seen the the story about the U graded Ewok with the glue sticks? I've seen it briefly and was, you know, somewhat disgusted by the picture and just didn't go any further with it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah uh. absolute travesty. All right, so let's let, let's give a little bit of uh, for for newer collectors. Uh, let's sort of uh, put this in the proper context. Okay. So in Italy, in the eighties, <clears throat> right? Yep. There was a weird thing where they would sell Ewoks with glue sticks. Yeah. Yeah. And it said, "Offerta uh, stellare, uhu stick." <laughs> and so you'd have, you know, like Paplu or Warrock or Wicked or whatever, Rebel Command? No, he's not Ewok. Um, yeah, they just have them with two sticks of glue. Right. Um, and these are very popular. Um, I've never well, actually anyone... coincidence. Yeah, why, Ewok, why is this? Ewoks and glue? I don't know. You know, is it anything like horses and glue? I mean... Yeah, that's true. When he walks die, they turn into glue. Is it a, is it a before and after shot? <laughs> oh man! Um, so someone managed to sell a U graded yeah. set of these. Right. I still can't figure. I don't. I can't actually figure it out. I can't figure out if it's like, is it some kind of elaborate hoax, or <laughs> because how could you prove? that that's really what it is. Yeah. I mean, unless you're just taking, taking their word for it. <laughs> well, I, mean, I guess if it's really you graded, they, they sent it in and it was taken out. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's, I have to admit, though, part of me thinks it's awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, because it, it is the logical end of the you grading. You know, it is like you cannot get further away from the whole idea, you know, like it's the absolute abstraction. It is yeah, you grading yeah. in its purest, most repugnant form. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's it's totally true. Uh, and it's also great because you try to explain it to people and be like, no, this is, you don't understand. These these glue sticks, they're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they were, uh, with the, with the toy that's in it, it's in, it's why is it in plastic? Well, um, because no one's opened this before until the person who put it in the box opened it. Why'd you open it up? So that other people would know I didn't open it up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it is a it's a yeah speechless. <laughs> but you know what they have to do next? <laughs> Which uh, one? Bib Fortuna Colgate. Yeah, the, yeah, the Colgate. That's right. Yeah. So, so this is this is my my call. I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to maybe contact Oscar at Oscar Cases <laughs> and make one of these cases and just put a thing of toothpaste in it and a loose Bib Fortuna and uh, it's, it's, see if I can sell it for a couple grand. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oi. And and a and a much cooler thing, uh, the the hobby archivist uh, Tommy, yeah, um, we haven't talked to since 
Episode 7 came out, right? Oh, or since they announced it. That's right, yeah. we, we got to get him back on. Um, yeah, Tommy's got the uh, the true archivist in him. I mean, he went for these old Google groups from, from the old uh, Rask days, as I like to say, the old yeah. uh, news groups. How, how is that pronounced? So, so, again, for those of you who don't pay attention or whatever, the original place where people talked about Star Wars toys online was it was even Google? I thought it was AOL. Or no, was no, I mean, I think Google is kind of the, the outlet for them now, but uh, right. as far as just preserving them, but um, I, I used to see these on AOL. Right. So yeah. it was Rec, Arts, Science Fiction, Star Wars, Collecting, Vintage. Yeah. yeah. And so that is known as Raskiv. <laughs> I believe, and uh, I come in right after people really started moving, you know, to the various forums on the internet or whatever. I come in right at the beginning of, like, collect Star Wars and whatever, but I believe I've heard people call it RASV. Yeah. RASV? That, that sounds a little more easier to say. <laughs> well, maybe I the archivist himself can, can chip in. That's um, the way I've always pronounced it because I believe I heard somebody else pronounce it that way. And if you ever want to, you know, learn a lot about what it was like, uh, a lot of the stuff you'll kind of get from our, us telling our stories on this show, you could get if you spend a lot of time searching around in those old times. Yeah, no, and, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's some really funny stuff. Um, he, he, I think this is going to be a regular thing that he, he kind of digs up, which is great. But uh, the first I think, two... Yeah, instead of sort of talking about it, we yeah. should really direct people there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, because the first one is about, like, basically all the people who found all of the prototypes from all the Kenner employees talking about, you know, what is the responsibility? Should there be, you know, should it be equally distributed? Um, you know, is it fair the way things are happening? Yeah. What's going to happen with this eBay thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> a, a lot of contempt towards rich idiots. Um, and the, I, I read somewhere someone saying that eBay just means that rich idiots are going to be able to buy whatever they want. Well, um, I think so, that's just a, that's just the way things are and have been. I guess I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's that, that's pretty fun. And it's yeah. cool because there's a lot of names you you know, a lot of names you don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what's cool is that you know Chris Jorgulia sounds exactly the same, and <laughs> yeah. Ron sounds pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, like they, yeah. they they able to maintain their their personalities uh, pretty well over the years. Yeah. And then what, what's the second one, Steve? <laughs> the second one was uh, all commentary on the first cel- celebration and what a a failure it was. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I didn't go, so I, I remember hearing many stories, but um, it's just funny to think about celebrations in those kind of pioneering terms than what they are now. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... I mean, that, I, I mean, I still... It still almost feels like that was a prequel to Celebrations. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, like, Celebration 2 almost was the real Celebration as we know it, and Celebration 1 was just this weird goof-up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it's that's, true. <laughs> but that's a fun one to look at and read. Yeah. Um, well, good. Is that all the news? That's actually that's a lot. The news. Yeah, we, we we were able to flush it out a bit. It's good. Yeah, you know, I was able to add in a little bit about uh, creepy babysitters. Uh, hey, Brock, <laughs> do you have any interesting babysitter stories? <laughs> um, sure. Why not? I'm, I'm always open to listen. 
<laughs> no, no, we've already told them. Do you have any from, from your life? Uh, not, well, actually, I do that involve Star Wars. Uh, I can remember there was a uh, woman by the name of Mrs. Hutchins. She was not the nicest of people I ever stayed with. Growing up, uh, I can remember uh, one time sitting in her kitchen. She had made me a bowl of spaghettios, I believe, which, you know, we all know is good and tasty. Uh, there was a uh, little super, not supermarket, more, more like a little convenience store across the road from where uh, she watched us. And back then, of course, nobody ever worried about actually staying with the kids if they were babysitting. So <laughs> she, decided, she decided she was going to trot across the road and do some shopping and left, left us there by herself. But she wouldn't let us get out of the chair. And for some odd reason, that made the gentleman next to me quite angry. And he picked up my X-Wing and threw it at the door as she was leaving and it knocked the clock off the wall which oh, we knew that, that if she come back and the clock was in the floor that we were probably going to end up getting some kind of spankings or you know some kind of punishment so we had to scramble out of our chair climb on the you know there gets the clock pick it up climb on top of the refrigerator and you know <laughs> hang back on the wall and get back in up in our seats and it was just kind of an ordeal but turn I off all the trash compactors <laughs> in the detention level <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a pretty big ordeal and i you know i it really sticks out in my head because i remember seeing my ex-wing fly across the room in complete horror and oh. you know it crashing into the wall and just causing us <laughs> flu of problems but we made it we got it. Wow. We got plot back up there, back in our seats, and of course wow. my spaghettios were cold by the time I got back to my seat. But you know, wow. it was better than the spanking. So babysitter yeah. approaching. Uh, uh. <laughs> See, uh, this is the the natural. We got to let it just go, man. This is, yeah, this is the, good stuff. The, the, this is our new lightning round question. So, who was the person next to you who threw the X wing, Brock? Uh, he was another kid singer by the name of Shane Butler. Good old Shane <sighs> Butler. And, Let's just say he didn't grow up to be one of the nicer people in the world either. So, you know, we, we kind of got a little bit of some shades of what he was going to be as he got older. Huh. Man. Wow. There you go. And you know, apparently I was some sort of accomplice because he used my X-Wing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I think it's time we get uh, get some nuggets here, huh? Yep. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. They're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. Uh, cool. We just uh, talked about how I'm going to cut out something where I was insanely inappropriate. So you guys let's have to wonder what that is. <laughs> but uh, we've been full of mysteries lately, Steve. That's right. Yeah. So uh, now that we know we're talking about a nugget, Brock, um, you know you know me. I'm, I'm Mr. Uh, tell me more about about things. And so I don't really understand particularly well what this nugget is. So what is, uh, you know, this could almost also be a vocabulary Yeah, I was going to say, there's probably some vocab intermixed within this one. Right. So it is a Rebel Soldier unpainted hard copy. Yes. So what what is this thing, Brock? Uh, it, it's, uh, this particular piece is cast in a resin uh, called uh, Repro 10, which is actually quite uncommon among hard copies. There's very few pieces known to exist out there in this material. I don't know off the top of my head that that necessarily means anything in the grand scheme of things because it was probably just whatever the material that the person in the model shop or whoever might have been working on it at the time was using. Uh, I know there's a few Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars character parts that have showed up. I, and, uh, at one time, I owned a, a Leia Vespin hard copy that was completely cast in Repro 10, but it was painted. 
so you couldn't really see it except for where the paint had chipped off that it was all black. But uh, Reforged Paint is a black material, much the same as Carbolon and Dynacast, uh, which were used much more commonly, whatever. But it's, uh, I think the main thing about this material that everybody likes so much is just how striking it is with it being solid black. Uh, it, right. Know, so, so piece, just to yeah, just just to go back for the for the vocabulary then. So then, the hard copy were the versions that were made from the mold before they were sent to the factory. Yes, they were. I mean, uh, hard copies would have you know the the sculpt would have been cast you know a silicone mold made off the sculpt, and then they would have used those molds to make the hard copies, which typically turn into uh, tooling masters. You know, for making the you know the other molds and for uh, you know painting up for photography purposes, you know toy fairs and card backs, uh, magazines, you know catalogs, whatever. Because uh, those are always you know the super early thing in the you know the stage before we get to actually using steel molds to make you know first shots, test shots, that sort of thing. Right. So that's why they often are not together because the pieces can all be taken apart because they're not sonic welded. Right. That's the, the word, right? Right, yeah, they're solid. They're not plastic. They're a resin. I mean, the torso is solid, you know, so there's no really any welding to it. Uh, some hard copies out there have been glued together to stay together. I guess they're, you know, once they're done having to be, you know, taken apart back and forth or whatever. Some, you know, are, you know, inadvertently glued together with the paint, you know, if they were put together, you know, before the paint dried and the paint dried in place and you can't get the limb. I've got a painted Rebel Soldier hard copy as well that all the limbs don't come off because the paint, you know, basically glued it together or whatever. But, right. I mean, each part's molded individually. So, I mean, you know, they had to put it together somehow. So, they usually used pins or some kind of rods inside of them to actually hold them together, you know, for various purposes, see what they look like, paint them for, you know, like the display purposes, photography, that kind of thing. Right, and so this is, you know, we'll have lots of pictures up on the enhanced version. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a really nice version of this because a lot of hard copies aren't complete, and it's nice to be able to see the entire thing yeah. as it all plays together. And, and also, it's the least useful Rebel Soldier ever because uh, not, not much uh, camouflage if you're completely black <laughs> in the middle of the snow. <laughs> It's like a, a sh- shadow soldier. Yep. Um, so, and then what makes it black <coughs> is that it's made in this Repro 10 as opposed to Dynacast, which is usually green. Green, and then Carbolon, which is usually a brownish color, to, you know, close to like a peanut butter color. I mean, it, it can vary in shades. I've seen some that are really dark brown that almost look like a chocolate color, and I've seen some much lighter that look like a, you know, a really light beige color almost, but. Most of them are usually someone go around the color of peanut butter. Right. So this is, uh, you know, really rare, really nice. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. Yeah. No, I, I love the pins. Uh, actually, you know, see, this is, we're just going off, off, off script all day, every day. But, uh, you know, my kids love the Neutron movie. Mm. Um, which is a great movie if you haven't seen it. You have to see it twice, though. The first time you see it, you're like, eh. The second time you realize it's a good movie. Mm. Um, and there's the the female character, but it's a really badly made toy. So we got the toy. It's actually fairly rare. And the head just pops off immediately. Huh. And I, ha- I had no idea how to keep the head on. Like, I used super glue, and it wouldn't stay on. And I couldn't figure out what to do. And I actually was looking on the archive, and... You know, I, I saw a picture of one of these, and it gave me an idea. And I took out my, I, <laughs> I took like a little metal rod, 
I, I got a drill and I drilled into the head and then I drilled into the body and then I stuck a, a pin, like a metal pin, into the body and then it's attached to the head. Yep. And so she can now take the head off and put it back on, but it will stay on if she wants it to. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so I, I, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, someday it'll be in a, in a collection. Yeah, no, that that's sweet. Um, and I guess that's why, I, I don't know what it is about this stuff where I... I can hear about it a thousand times, but it's hard for me to retain the different... I guess it's because I don't own any, any of these pieces, uh, and maybe the fact I don't know about them makes it easier for me not to want them. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, in a lot of ways, sure. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, you know, there the really are kind of like potato chips, whatever. If you ever get one, you're not satisfied. Because once, right. you, once yeah. you have... I mean, if you have a general interest in the you know pre-production process, anyhow... But if, once you ever get one and you see how neat these things are in person and, you know, the level of detail that are in these, is com- you know, paired to production figures and everything, and the fact that they come apart is really neat and, you know, you can really see that it was something they used, you know, you know, to develop all of this stuff. And once you get one of them, you're, you're dying to get another one and they're just not easy to come by. Right, yeah, yeah. It also helps that being an original 12 collector, it's just kind of like, yep, not going to happen. Okay, moving on. <laughs> That's true, yeah. But interestingly uh, And enough, it was that way 10 years ago. It was that way 10 years ago, much less now. Right. You know? Well, interestingly enough, uh, Chewbacca is one of the few characters out there that I know uh, has been cast in Repro 10. I believe, uh, Gus, I believe Gus owns uh, some arms for Repro 10. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. That. That's what he has attached to his uh, his wax sculpt. Um, yeah. No. That's. Uh, I spent. I spent time looking at that and and admiring how awesome it is. And I think. Uh, yeah. You know. I think if I had one of those, you know, maybe I'd get into it. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if that happens. Um, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Um, see, I don't think we actually have any commercials to cut away from. Ooh. Uh, Although we can say use the United States Post Office, right, Brock? Sure, absolutely. Job security. Thank you. Yeah. Don't go to stamps.com. Just go to the dang post office. These guys have been sponsors with us for for years, Steve. And we always say, go to the dang post office. You got to wait in line? So what? That's what your grandparents did. Who cares? (laughs) Why, you think you're so cool you can print your own stamps? It doesn't mean anything if you can print them. You know? When they came out of the Elvis stamp, that meant something. You know? Like when they came out with the Star Wars stamps, it was a special thing. Now you can put pictures of your kids on stamps. Who cares? It's everything that's wrong with society. Do it yourself. No. Go to the post office and wait. Okay. How's that for a live read? Is that good? good. That was awesome. I think I just got people to sign up for stamps.com. I think you did. All right. Uh, uh, let's, let's get some uh, unloved action. It did kind of sound like I was reading that. I wasn't reading that, but uh, no, no, you had the the right cadence in your voice and everything. That <laughs> I, just I honestly like, thought that that was like rehearsed or something. I really <laughs> thought you, you know, I didn't realize you do that on the fly. That's fantastic. Well, no, because the thing is, when you listen to as many podcasts as I do, I have heard. I mean, literally. Like probably 700 commercials for stamps.com. Yeah, I mean, no, it's true. It seems like to be the most common one, right? Yeah, stamps.com, <laughs> like having an Amazon uh, uh, like click through is really big. Uh, go to meeting. 
Um, so oh, yeah, go to meeting. Uh, That's another audible. One. <laughs> Those are all the ones that I target because I think if you're a podcast listener like me, having someone say, don't go to audible, go to the library and download the books on your computer and it's free. You know, like I, I think other <laughs> podcast junkies would get a kick out of that. Um, uh, although actually I think most of our listeners are not podcast junkies. They're like, I don't really know what a podcast is, but I like hearing about Star Wars toys. <laughs> so. See, that, that kind of describes me. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, no. All right, awesome. Well, uh, you picked out an, an excellent, excellent uh, unloved item, Steve. Oh, this this is one of the funnest reads I've had in a while. Um, I, I'm, there's, you know, Woman's Day, the magazine, they put out these uh, kind of write-ups on, on build-your-own Star Wars environments. Yes. And, uh, w- the, Woman's the ones- Day. Hmm? Woman, you, you kind of you didn't say it. Woman's Day. It's okay. nice, nice and clear because it's an unexpected source of vintage Star Wars information. That's that's true. Um, and you know the one that <clears throat> I think gets more recognition is the uh, the original Death Stars. I think it was a Death Stars PlayStation something like that. But because it has a bunch of vinyl Cape Jawas in one of the scenes, I think. Yeah. But uh, but this I had not seen until doing some research for this show. And uh, for Empire Strikes Back, they. They did a couple more, and uh, one of them was for Hoth. It was the Echo Base <laughs> uh, Rebel Station. And um, the, the funniest thing, because I was looking for something Rebel Soldier that was obscure, and uh, one of the action features on this thing, if you actually put it together as they describe, is, is sort of what Ron Salvatore describes as this, a crazy space trampoline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and what they call it is the personnel launcher, and it just shows this kid dropping a helpless rebel soldier with his arms in the air onto a little trampoline to you know bounce off into God knows where. But uh, it, it's just, it, as far as I'm concerned, this was kind of how I built Hoth as a kid. I would take the styrofoam from any electronics that my parents bought and just say, "Can I? Can I have that? Can I keep it?" and I would make that be my echo base, and that's kind of the the vibe I got from this. So it's just it's incredible. Now I also think it's cool that that Butler kid used the personnel X wing launcher, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> leaving Brock with his cold spaghetti hose. Um, yeah. yeah, no personnel launcher. That that is one of the great vintage images of all time. And if you have the enhanced, yeah. you see it. But if you don't, it really deserves. Like it has the great. Two of a seventies font. It just says personnel yep. launch. You just see this hand with this rebel soldier, <laughs> just like ah, what's going on? <laughs> oh, it is just I mean, classic. Is the kid trying to catch it though? Because he's being launched. I mean, we don't know for sure he's being dropped. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, you know, I get this image of like you know Showtime at the Apollo or something in the Sandman, like you know the Rebel soldiers just put on the worst performance of the day and <laughs> just getting yanked right off stage, just launched literally right off stage. Uh, and the, uh, the Wampas layer is pretty excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What I love is the is the shot of the kids with the whole thing. It's so close to Kenner photography. It, yeah, it really yeah. feels very similar. Um, yeah, and this is you know I was we were talking about displaying this. We were talking to Ron who who wrote the uh, who wrote the write up on this, and we are definitely going to make this. Someone has to make this. Yeah, you know, it has to happen. So um, I mean, yeah, if you are interested in making it, if you want to be the person who gets credit on the Kivecast for building it, go to the SWCA dot com and look for the Woman's Day Hoth set because. Um, 
I may do it at some point. I don't know what this winter is going to be like. Um, but this thing is just, it's, it's perfect. I mean, it really looks like the best possible Hoth playset you could ever have. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> and, and what's cool is the kid is smart because he's playing with the die-cast toys in scale with the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, So he's playing right, with, yeah. with the snow speeder, and it's sort of, it's the right way. Although he, he is, that is a, a Leia Bespin. Not a Leia Hoth. <laughs> yeah, I guess Leia Hoth hadn't been released yet, huh? Oh yeah, I but, guess not. But, yeah. yeah, and same with the uh, the Luke Hoth. I think there's a Luke Bespin in there. It's just it's just funny because it's it really does kind of put it in a in a time frame. Right. Yeah, I guess it yeah. had to be just right after the thirty one backs. Hey, that's really yeah. cool. Man, are those like are those cotton balls? I'm just like looking at this more like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's there's cotton balls. I looked at the directions a little bit. It's like a lot of foam. What I don't understand is how you get those stickers. Those things are so cool. Oh yeah, those are pretty good. That's you know, whenever there's anything like this, there's always the thing where you have to go, yeah, but I wouldn't have that, and that's. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking I would pay good money to see Han and Chewie actually try to get inside of that Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, yes, that that's a very good unloved item, and we. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, you're right. Yeah, Han and Chewie are actually. Han, wait, Chewie and Han are like working on a diecast Falcon. Yeah, maybe we're putting a model together. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's really, that's really cute, though. I like that. I like that idea that yeah. a kid would be willing to have that kind of scale mess up if needed. Yeah, no, it's it's. We got to do sometimes. I think we have to save the uh, the Dagobah set for another time because oh, that, that's a whole other. But we do know we we will get back to that. Yes, teaser. Every woman's day shall have its day, woman. Um, so good. Then <clears throat> I guess that brings us to a feature that we have not heard in a long time. That's right. We are going to actually have or talk about the results of a debate D eight. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. I'm not going to sit here and debate you. And I can't fight. Fight. Quick battle. And I can't fight. Fight. So, because we're talking about the debate D8, and because I've been making a habit this month of never getting to the point, um, <laughs> which is also the way I teach, so it's, it's very useful. I, man, I'm thinking about it. I've been wanting to just sit in on one of your classes. <laughs> For a long time. Yeah, you should come out. You know, I teach that class in English about hip hop. I think you'd have fun. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's getting really tricky because you know I'm doing this advanced grammar class and I'm using Harry Potter as the as the textbook. Yeah. Um, so like, just it's a, like it's a trick to get them to think that they're not learning really complicated grammar. Um, but then I just go off because now my kids are in Harry Potter fever and I just sort of go off in these long tangents and uh, about about the books. <laughs> But, you know, in French, and it's all in the same way, so. There you have it. Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) It's terrible to enjoy the sound of your own thoughts. But anyways, so debate D8. So, Steve, I was in this place in Rochester, New York. uh, That's this weird, it used to be a printing factory, but they closed it down and they turned it into lofts and stores. Okay, all right. Now, most of the places in the world that you've been to, that means they're going to be upscale lofts and fancy stores. Right. Not so in Rochester, my friend. It's like, <laughs> there's like a weird like head shop. There's like uh, like a wig store, like, you know, like African-American wigs. There's like a store that's exclusively like uh, for wizards. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's like... A store for wizards? <laughs> or Wiccans or I, I don't know what. 
Um, oh, okay. There's like the I'm Out and Proud store. There used to be a cool record store, but that moved out. And there's all these cool places. And there's this really cool place called, you'll like this, Brock, like the Yankee Trader, I believe it's called. Huh. Sweet. And it's just one of these stores. It's completely narrow. And they have just, you know, I was able to buy a uh, Batman uh, animated series figure for $2. But then they'll have a loose... Uh, you know, black Bestman security guard for fifteen dollars. You know, for thirty dollars. You know, that kind of yeah. weird mixture. And they have a lot of vintage stuff. You know, I bought a uh, I bought a, a costume Empire Strikes Back Chewy costume there once. And they have you know baseball cards and hockey cards and comic books thrown in. It's just a smorgasbord of all the stuff. Yeah. And I found in the dollar bin, someone made this custom necklace. <laughs> and what they did was they took eyelets and they screwed them into the back of a vintage 88 figure <laughs> and a modern 88 figure. Oh. And it's like this weird double necklace. So I bought it. I took off the modern one, of course, and I gave it to my daughter because she loves necklaces. And she now will walk around rocking this vintage 88 custom necklace. Oh. <laughs> Prices. But could anything pose more questions than why would you make an 88 necklace? Because it wasn't like, hey, what's this toy? It's like, I have to make this necklace. I have to have one vintage and one modern. And, you know, ah, this is beautiful. And that, oh. my friends, is the beauty of Rochester, New York. Yeah. That's, wow. uh, that's what we're all about here on the, on the muddy shores of the Erie Canal. Um. So, yeah. So, I, I feel bad because, you know, Joe out in... Does he live in Romania? He's British, but he lives in Romania, or is he Romanian and he lives in England? Do you know that, Brock? Uh, I, believe, I believe he lives in Romania, I believe. Right. But he's British, yeah. Um, yeah, he's the big, the big 88 collector, and I definitely have something that uh, that you just can't, you can't buy. Um, but anyways, <laughs> what is the subject of our debate? <laughs> so, we uh, we put out a poll, I guess it was... Two episodes ago, about what should we call vintage figures that were distributed outside of the U.S.? And so one option was foreign, the other international. And uh, we do have some results after all that time. All right. Uh, so for the uh, the winner went to foreign at forty seven votes. International came in at thirty two votes. So I mean, it, you know, it was fairly. It wasn't a landslide for for foreign, but uh, there you have it. Now, now, Brock, what is your vote? Uh, foreign. You vote for what? What's your reasoning? Uh, I, I guess because I see the U.S. as being the central, you know, starting point for all of the vintage figures. So anything outside of the U.S. would be foreign to most of us to collect these. All right, and then Steve, what's your vote? I mean, I'd, I'd always gone with foreign because that seemed to be what I had heard the most. But uh, I, I think, I guess, I got to stick with it. Um, in terms of just production, but uh, once you start to get into the other kinds of stuff, like the uh, <laughs> like the Hungarian pocket calendars and just the stuff that comes from you know who knows where, I think you can kind of split it in that sense. That stuff is more international to me. But the, oh, the figures itself, yeah, the figures itself, I think of the Kenner stuff as being, yeah, you know, man, you know, created in the United States, manufactured overseas. But then you have these distributions that are, you know, I guess foreign to the United States, so I guess I understand that word, but to me, like, the stuff, the random stuff that 
comes out of these other countries that I would deem international. I like that. You know, you know what I decided to use? Mm. Un-American. <laughs> <laughs> I collect American and un-American. <laughs> uh, that's that's my channeling my inner uh, Colbert. Yeah, you know, I've, I've I've really struggled because you know because I, I've learned that I have a reputation in the hobby as being this wild, crazy left wing nut, um, which I'm not really, uh, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not not really, but I guess it's the hair um, and the fact that there are a lot of right wing crazy nuts in the hobby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess everyone sort of assumes that I would be against the foreign appellation. I, yeah. I, it's funny. It's funny because it seems like – so that was the majority that we got there. Um, yeah. Darth uh, Berezing, um, you know, he says that that's his focus and he says foreign because it's not – in his words, it's not something you look at where the collector determines it. It's the actual term. The movie is U.S., so that was that. Um, he then yeah. quoted The Rock, but I don't actually know the original quote. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, not The Rock, the the good actor, The Rock, the bad movie. Yeah, no, I, I, that's what I figured. I, that, that's, <laughs> he said, I swore to collect all Star Wars MOCs, sir, foreign and domestic. <laughs> but I don't know what the original quote is. Okay, okay. Uh, if it was uh, from Big Lebowski, I might get it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Graham says uh, that foreign figures sh- should be referred to as non-domestic. yeah. It just doesn't yeah, have a ring to it. That's true. <laughs> it was an Ollie. He said, how about exotic? Yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a number of choices you can go for, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, it's a debate, I guess. That's what it, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, uh, Chris Jorgulius was, uh, sort of being in favor of calling it international, but then, does that mean that America is not a part of international? I mean, there's still, it's still in the American-centric paradigm, you know. I mean, couldn't the international collectors essentially say that everything U.S. is foreign as well? I mean, couldn't our stuff fall under foreign depending on the collector or where they're located? Right. So I guess non-U.S. On American. I'm going back to American. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> I say let's just start a craze with them. Just call them all variations. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so we we set out to to come up with a definitive answer to this question, but much like the name of the show, I will just say it's all the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't hear any. I don't know. I thought it would stir up more anger, but everyone just sort of seemed to agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I think most people probably accept for him because, like Steve said, it's just what it's always been called. Right. You know, I never really put that much thought into it. I just I've always just said, you know. It's foreign. I mean, right. I don't mean that in any other manner than to describe that it's not from the U.S. You right. know, it's. I don't know if some people take offense to that or whatever, but it's, to me, they're foreign toys. Or, or maybe you know, you know what it is. You know, like if you ever talk, uh, or often if you talk with. Uh, Native Americans, and you ask them, "Do you want to be called Native Americans?" And they sometimes don't like that, and they sometimes don't like Indian, or whatever it is. Uh, the best thing is just to say whatever tribe they're from, right? Like that's the, actually the most polite thing because you're not treating a whole bunch of different people as one giant group of people who are all the same, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so I guess in general, it'd be better just to say British or, or European or Eastern European, right? Or yeah, I mean, European and Asian, 
or even just you know French and British, or you know, maybe more specific is more correct. Yeah, I, I guess I always kind of go with the, the toy companies, the, the foreign distributing companies. I, I always, those are always kind of my key points to, to try and remember. And sometimes, sometimes it's hard, other times it's not. But uh, yeah, but then if you're like, you know, oh, I, I collect Palatoy. Oh, so you don't collect Denny's Fisher? Well, yeah, I mean, I yeah, also sort of collect Denny's Fisher too. Yeah, but. yeah, you, you kind of get in trouble either way. Yeah. I actually got in trouble. I was eating some Japanese candy, and I forgot which Japanese candy the little Chewbacca came in. The tree marks. <laughs> was it Meiji or Morinaga? So, uh, kivecast at gmail.com. I could look it up, but it's more fun to have people tell me I'm an idiot. Um, I think it was Morinaga. But maybe, Ma- but maybe Meiji also released toys? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> cool, so that, that's our debate. It's staying foreign because that's what most people call it. One dollar flicks. Market watch. Uh, we just heard a good uh, not for air story uh, about uh, someone who swore a lot. But I just, I edited out a lot of swearing last month. That was the main the main effort from last month. Was all the people yeah. t- talking about how hot it was. That's right. <laughs> I just left that in because it was so clearly irritating Chris that everyone kept saying it. And he kept on saying, besides how hot it is, what can you tell me about the room sales? Oh, you're right, Chris. It is hot. Oh, man, is it hot. You go to the next person. So we are, we are well aware that the temperature is, more, is higher than one would desire, right? So what else besides that would you like to say? Besides the fact that it's really hot, because, oh, it is just, it's a steam room. It's a sauna in here. Uh, yeah, that, that's worth listening to, Brock. Yeah, you got to um, hear it. So let, let's talk about the market watch, Steve. So you just want to hit, I mean, they just keep getting better. Yeah, uh, they, they really do. Um, I mean, it, we got, I, I think it was kind of nice as we took a hiatus. I, th- I think the guys took a hiatus, and it kind of gives us a chance to catch up a little bit. Um, but the, the website, <clears throat> according to, to Mike, has, has reached 10,000 views, which is just incredible to me. It's, it's awesome to hear the people are checking it out, and I'm really hoping they keep doing it. He's getting about three, three to 400 people there a month checking out the site. And um, it's just great to hear that, that it's, it's doing so well. And um, you know, for you know, this this month he's got the Rebel Soldier update, and there's some good stuff in here. I mean, it's it's a pretty concise rundown. I mean, we can go through a few of them, but um, it's just it just makes me happy to see this being so much better than than what I was doing before. This is just awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess maybe we just do a range here. So for for the Rebel Soldier on Empire card, wait, 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 stop, wait, stop, Brock. Have uh, you looked at this yet? Because yeah, maybe, yeah, we, can, maybe we can quiz him. <laughs> Brock, d- d- don't Christmas. look. H- have you looked yet? Yes, I have. Oh, oh that's all right. That's all right. Do, 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 so I you guarantee you I will answer all the questions correctly. Okay, so <laughs> then do you remember what a AFA eighty five Rebel Soldier went for? Four hundred and ten dollars. Oh and man, you're looking right at it. <laughs> yeah, I've got it on my iPad pulled right up in front of me here. <laughs> all right, I, I, I'm that guy when it comes to radio trivia. Oh yeah, you, you you always cheat. No, not always. Yeah, <laughs> just something are... really important on the line. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, boy, then it's two hundred for an AFA eighty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, that'd be a good question, right? 
so there's a lot of AFA fans that we have out there. So what is the average price difference between an 80 and an 85? Or yes. like, what's the, like, what are the figures that, I know, I know that, you know, a Death Star droid in 85 just goes for crazy money. I know 12 back Chewies go for crazy money in 85. Because um, 85 seems to be the magic number for people. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I would be curious to know, like, you know, has that changed? Has the has the gulf between the eighty and the eighty five changed? Let's talk to AFA collectors. Yeah, no, it's, it's right? it'd be interesting if you could put some kind of percentage in the in the differences. If there's a way to to, to figure it out, I am not a good person for for math, so I would not even try. But yeah, well, um, four hundred versus two hundred. Yeah, yeah. That's, Let's see if that. I mean, would, would that translate to, to like 10, a different character? Yeah, it's like at least ten percent. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's not that many. Okay, so we're not going to read them all, Steve. You're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, we've got a few here. There's a after that 200 one, you go to a, a 31 that's ungraded for 125, and then you go down and it. Does, does that he, sound about right, Brock? Is that usually what they go for? An ungraded? Yeah, that, that the ungraded ones. That sounds pretty, you know, typical. From I mean, it's been a long time since I've bought production figures, and you know, but the prices for Rebel soldiers back then, you know, something ungraded that's in really nice condition, you know, 100 to 150, you know, seemed about right. Yeah, that seems a bit high to me for for, no for offense, this one in but particular, yeah. for this figure. Um, <laughs> all right, well, but, uh, we'll you know, it's like everything else. Prices are up on everything these days. That's, I mean, that's true. You know, I mean, the the fact that somebody paid four hundred and ten dollars for a Rebel Soldier in any condition just blows my mind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to you know put anybody down or nothing, but that's just crazy talk. You know, yeah. it's, it's a Rebel Soldier. It may be my character, but it's still. At the bottom of the barrel of characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man, look at this! There's a 48B. Uh, so that's a, the Empire Strikes Back with the sticker offer, uh, as opposed to the printed Akbar offer. Went yeah. for forty dollars. Forty bucks. Yeah. And I mean, yet, that's actually one of the harder ones to find. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking. I'm I'm obsessed with the 48Bs being rarer than the 48Cs, and that seems like a really good deal. Forty dollars for that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's, uh, it's and then insane. the 48C sold for. Um, oh, didn't give a price on that. Yeah, I don't think we have a yeah, no, no price on that one. But um, what another thing that was kind of funny to me, um, there was a 48D proof, uh, a revenge proof that, that sold for 335. So it's just it's just funny. It seems like we've run into it before, where a proof card of a character will sell for less than. Uh, just a, a carded example in some cases, which it's just it's just interesting to, to see yeah. that pattern repeat itself over and over again. Um, you know, and, I'm, and I'm assuming that's got a lot to do with the fact that there's probably far more production collectors yeah. than there are pre-production collectors. But like you said, the the prospect of this proof card, which is absolutely gorgeous, even though it's a revenge, which is one of the more common you know proof cards to find out for revenges of any character, but sure. still, they're so. There, there, there's a ton less of this out there than there are, you know, production figures. I mean, you know, there's there's not a uh, a lack of 31 back double soldiers out there. There's just not. But the fact is, they pay almost 100 bucks more for one of those as opposed to something that there's probably less than 50 known to exist in the world. And not to mention it's unproduced. I mean, it's the only way you can get it with the Revenge logo on a card. Right. It, it, yeah. it blows my mind. 
Yeah, that, that is a nice picture too. That is nice proof. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then you got radar, radar boy, Sky. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the laser cannon. Um, one hundred four forty nine for an AFA eighty. And that's yeah, that that is really an awesome toy. That no matter what anyone says, I, I think it it rocks. Yeah, now that that's because it's iconic and it's something you can really play. You know how to play it with a toy. And it seems yeah. actually a hundred bucks for that isn't too bad because you figure it's at least a twenty dollar case. And if it's sealed, right, that's got to be at least a forty dollar item sealed. Would you think? Yeah, I don't know. Did Brock, did you ever have like a, a production run for the laser cannon? Yeah, I've had a few of them. Uh, back in the day, you could usually get those anywhere from $25, $35 or whatever in pretty decent condition. But, you know, like yeah. everything else, prices are up on stuff. And the further out we get from these toys being produced, the harder they are to find sealed or the tape not dried out or decent conditions. So, you know, yeah. if, you, if you if you add in what it probably costs to have the thing graded, you know, and, you know, the actual case made itself or whatever, $105 probably isn't terribly bad for that. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it seems like we're probably going to get. Yeah. That I'm, I'm interested to see how the market watch develops as we get to more and more of these sort of uh, lesser, uh, lesser produced characters or lesser collected characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I mean, that great job, Mike, on the soldier, as always. That was that was just what we needed. Um, and Pete, he's kind of got a different approach this month. He kind of focused just on Power of the Force stuff in general, which is, it's, it's fun because it's, it's, it's really its own thing. Um, he's got some body rigs. Those, uh, those were always kind of a, an obscure thing for me. I could never, ever find them. Um, I never really went for it. But uh, he's got a couple of graded ones of those um, that were all in the $240 range. Um, I don't even know what one of these would just sell for ungraded, so I, I don't really have a reference point. But um, it's it, the, the thing that bugs me about them is you know how yellow they're going to be. The, the, yeah. It's just like the yellowest bubble you'll ever see. It's, it's always on these guys, which is a bummer because the artwork on the back and the toys themselves are actually pretty neat. But it is what it is, I guess. Um, and these particular pieces have seemed to become in higher demand over the last few years as well. I remember, you know, at one point that people just really didn't care about them all that much, even, you know, they were power of the force or whatever. And like you said, the yeah. yellow bubbles were such a turnoff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've probably seen less than, you know, I can count on my hand of things that are actually remotely clear for these particular. Yeah, I, I I can't think of ever seeing one that was, that was really and clear. Them are this, this almost dark brown, you know. Right. Or whatever, which you know they have to be super fragile at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah. But they, they do seem to be in much higher demand than they used to be. Now I've I've seen the original art for sale and on people's walls. Has any pre-production stuff of these like body rigs ever shown up? Yeah, like I believe the- some uh, first shots uh, have showed up, and I believe uh, uh, one collector has. Uh, uh, one of the actual original models that was made. Oh, cool! Huh. Or whatever. For uh, might have been for the security scout, I believe the one that he is that he has. But no, yeah. no, no proofs or chromelins. No, no, I, uh, I yeah, have a proof. There's proof sheets. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh, know yeah? about chromelins, but I know there's definitely some proofs. Yeah, you have, a, you have a proof of these, Steve? Yeah, yeah, I have the the proof I have came from Tom, and it has uh, all three vehicles on there so it's it's cool because i love the artwork on on those packages so it was a, a really and this was back when he was selling things relatively reasonably and, and it was easy to get and so i thought yeah why not 
Um, but yeah, no, I have I have a proof sheet that has the the three of them together, just the cards. So right. No, I, I just just to be clear, so this is he's referring to Tom Nyheisel, yes, the ex Kenner employee who we will hopefully talk to at one point. But he's yeah, an employee who was able to fill up his van and take stuff home and then sell it to collectors. Right. And, and there was a time where there was a lot of stuff that people would love to buy at the prices he was selling them for, but they just yeah. sat on his shelves for years. Uh, until people paid for it, and now, uh, now they're worth more. So that's awesome. I didn't know you had that, Steve. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I, I, uh, I'll send you a picture of it. It's, I got it framed, and it's it's a really cool piece. Yeah, um, it is it is well. That's probably the best way to have it because who wants those stinky bubbles? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, man, all right. So he's got a skiff here that sold for thirteen thirteen. It was an AFA eighty, um, and this is another one of those kind of toys that I always wish I had, but I never really <laughs> decided to, to bite the bullet on, but I know we've talked about skiffs before, but uh, it's just, it's it's beautiful, but it's also scary <laughs> in a lot of ways. How, how is it scary? Just, just uh, I guess, the price, I don't know. Yeah, it seems, it seems pretty high, but I think there was a time where it was one of the most desirable things, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I still think there is, you know, a little bit of a luster to it, you know, uh, among production collectors. I mean, I, I guess with, you know, I, I don't want to speak for you and Steve both, but for myself, being a prototype collector, it's hard for me to, you know, grasp spending that kind of money on production toys because it's money that I would much rather sink into something that, you know, I would truly desire and, you know, a lot harder to come by. But I can certainly see by looking at this example for somebody that wants one, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, yeah, thirteen thirteen seems up there. I remember the days when they were like three fifty five hundred bucks or mm-hmm. whatever. But that was also the days before AFA. So yeah, uh, but, you know, definitely. I, I still believe it's one of the more desired pieces out there, and may even be harder to get than it once was. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, and then these these carded figures that he has are some of the nicest looking Power of the Force carded figures I've seen, um, and they're all a couple. Of, let's see, a Luke Poncho for four hundred and five, a Han Carbonite four hundred five. Um, there's an, a dignitary here. I think it, the price wasn't on the page, but I clicked it. It was like 150, but it's like, it, I mean, these are the nicest looking ones I had, I had seen when I had tried to get these. I had just settled for what I could get. And these are, these are really impeccable. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of really super clear bubbles. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then, then he even, uh, and there's a lot more we just skipped over. So you really need to check it out. Kivecastmarketwatch.wordpress.com. That's right. See how I got that right the first time? You got it. <laughs> um, so I can, he includes glass leet. Yep, yep. Right, because that's how you say it. Uh, a Luke that went for 620. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, man, a Vader sold. What? Whoa. Yeah. 9,100. That was the rare. Yeah, man, that's. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that that was that rare. Yeah, I, I didn't either. And ninety one hundred. That's. <laughs> yeah, nine thousand. I didn't. I didn't know that. Wow. All yeah. right, but you guys should go and check out the rest of those. Yeah, um, no, it's, he goes it's, into coins and he goes into a lot of the things. We got to start sending people more there. Yeah, um, you know what no, we should have said. We should have said, "Wait till you see what the Vader went for. You'll <laughs> never believe it." And then yeah. I would send him there. <laughs> No, no, it's 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 really worth checking out and, and seeing 
the rundown because it's it's just so well done. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, I think that's going to lead us to our feedback section, which we usually do on our own, Brock. But I am announcing a new contest. Oh. Well, would you like to know what that is, Brock? Absolutely. You're letting me guess. <laughs> yes, so for those of you who, who've been paying attention, Brock and I had a side bet that which so if the Red Sox won the the series between the Red Sox and the Yankees this year, I would get to name Brock's team. And if the Yankees won, which it seemed like they might have for a certain period of time there, then he would get to name my fantasy baseball team next year. Now, right. I'm too much of a jerk because I know that Brock loves Prince, so I immediately came up with Ellsbury Beret, but I can't do that to my friend. I could do that to a Yankees fan, but I can't do that to my friend. Um, I was going to do some, you know, I was thinking about Orville Redenbacher, which is one I had before. I mean, Orville A. Redenbacher, because I know I like that one. So, so the, the contest is name Brock's fantasy baseball team for next year. Don't let me do it because I'm just going to be too much of a jerk. Uh, you know a lot about him from the show. Uh, let, let's come up with a, with a good name that's maybe good-hearted ribbing, but not as mean as all the things that I was thinking of. Because I, I got I got pretty into it. <laughs> you you ought to see my list, Brock, of, of names I, I had uh, considered. <laughs> all right, Brock. Well, thanks for thanks for coming by. Uh, I'm sure we'll thanks talk to you. We'll, we'll talk Fun to you bef- before your next character. Who's your next character? Uh, in in the line that we study, sure, see. who would be uh, is it is it nine nub? Yeah, probably nine nub. So it's yeah. got a ways to go. All right. Well, so yeah. I'll see y'all sometime after Celebration Seven, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> two thousand ninety-eight. We'll see. <laughs> uh, all right, Brock. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no right. Here at the Kivecast, we really do care. You can email us at kivecast at gmail.com twitter us at kivecast or join us up on our facebook page we really do care hey cool i never know how to hang up (laughs) it's always awkward things so uh so listeners uh we just hung up on brock like just right now and every time it's a weird thing of like i don't know whether i should say okay goodbye hit stop recording and then say goodbye again but then it's kind of awkward. So the best thing is just to stop. Yeah, I think you're, you're safe. Yeah, I think yeah. we're safe. So we have a lot of feedback to get through, Steve. Yes, yes, we do. Because it was two episodes. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's sort of talk quickly about the Snowtrooper episode. We didn't get okay. to mention Jared's masterpiece. Oh, yeah. Of the Garbage Pail Kid with Ooze Eye. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that was great. That was... I mean, it's hard to say because I like so many of his things so much. Um, yeah, I can't. I don't know if that's my favorite, but that's definitely up there. It is. It's up there as one of the best. And got a lot of really nice support for sort of the weird kind of life stuff that I've been going through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's been pretty neat. Um, some of it is, you know, just been very personal. Not stuff I would say on air, but uh, it was. It, it. I was hesitant to talk about those things. Um, but I'm glad I did because yeah, no, uh, I'm glad you did too. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been supportive and not invasive. Yeah, good. And what's up with our Facebook page, Steve? Uh, so yeah, it's funny when I first wrote this outline, we were at 
about 300 people that like us or are following us, and we're up to about 330, which is awesome. Yeah. Means I think we have at least that many people listening, I hope. They may just say, what the hell is this on Facebook, and say, ah, I like that. But <laughs> um, no, it's, it's going well, and it seems like <clears throat> the more we post, the more people are interacting with it, so I'll, I'll try and keep up on that. Um, and through Facebook, actually, or no, it was, it was an email from Tim Hopkins, who, who does the uh, Escape podcast uh, in Kentucky. Um, he, he mentioned to me that, that my lame Diggs Barklighter actually got a mention on This Week in Star Wars, um, which was, it just blew my mind. Wait, what? <laughs> so you, did, did you actually listen to it? I, I didn't click <laughs> through it. What is this? Okay, so, you know, the podcast This Week in Star Wars, right? Yeah, yeah, they were at the um, celebration. So, so This Week in Star Wars... Um, <laughs> In just a, a random update about, I think it was on which toys are available where right now, uh, he made a mention of, uh, a, a, I guess, a special X-Wing that was out there for sale, and he, he, he called it the personal X-Wing of, of Diggs Barklighter, and it was just so subtle, <laughs> and then Tim wow. heard it and sent me a leak, and I just cracked up, like, I, I didn't, I would not have expected that, so that, that definitely uh, gave me a laugh. So was it a reference to our show? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and it was, it was yeah, really, no, really I, fun. I remember when uh, the Speaking Star Wars was recording at Celebration 6, I guess it mm-hmm. was, and uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Let's see, uh, Elling uh, encourages us not to listen to Martin Thurn. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, so, and we really have to get him on the show because, yeah. uh, you know, he did that, he actually did a magazine about collecting vintage Star Wars toys. Um, yeah. Not an audio version, but a physical one. And uh, I, you know, I, I think... Uh, why haven't we had him on yet, Steve? I don't know. We, we just need to, I think, get the the, uh, the message out it, now. You know, I actually... We really could do it weekly, Steve, the more I think about it. Because, <laughs> I mean, the amount of people... You know, who've said in the last couple months, you know, oh, how come we're not on the show? Or people that Chris talked to in Europe. And like, if yeah. it were up to me, all I would do would be, you know, calling Martin <laughs> Thurn and talking about his magazine and like, you know, calling Stefan and talking about his book and where it is, yeah. you know, like, ah, oh, but it's just, yeah, no. it just to, just to get the 15 hours carved out, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is tough, but I'm glad we do it. And I'm, I'm glad yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's doable, yeah, but so. we're definitely not cutting down on the time of the show. It's just yeah, I think that I think that's just kind of the nature of the beast with us. We uh, we we do pack it all in at once rather than throughout the month. Yeah, and you know you can't because if we didn't let it breathe, you, you wouldn't <laughs> get the story about the cold spaghettios with the that's true that's with, true with the X wing. That, that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, um, yeah and then we uh, uh, we got a, a bunch of uh, of uh, emails. From uh, Bill, I guess we do last names, Bill Hanscom, and uh, he's been sort of binge listening. Oh, okay. So I love it when people binge listen because it, I, I think it's really uh, it's really neat to hear people's view of the show. Um, yeah. He said that he's noticed. <laughs> I've noticed for the past twenty four episodes that Steve is always <laughs> at a higher volume. Um, he's like, I hope that clears up, but I think we actually did. I think I cleared that up. It's still hard, but I okay. think I did clear it up. Um, okay. That's cool because he says he lives in the north north shore of Massachusetts and he went to college in Rochester. So oh, cool. he likes my references to the area. So, yeah. 
Yeah, seeing as uh, I spent a lot of my young adulthood in beautiful Malden, Massachusetts, and uh, spent much of my uh, youth at the Good Time Emporium, which is actually not really North Shore. It was this arcade, Steve, where you oh, just yeah. basically you tried not to get shot. That was the nice thing about Boston. <laughs> Every arcade had like a level of menace. Um, <laughs> I remember on New Year's Eve, we went to this place that used to be in downtown Boston called Teddy Bears. And uh, a friend of mine got held up at, at, at knife point. We were going to go see Aeros- oh, Aerosmith at, at, the, at the Fleet Center. And uh, <laughs> as we left, I, I believe the line was like, I'm going to stab your ass. It was something like that. It was like kind of like a, a line that you can't believe someone actually said. That's yeah. I went up buying him a hot dog. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep up with the local references <laughs> from time to time. Um, but yeah, it's neat. And it's cool too because he says he works in conservation and um, that he appreciates the sort of references we have to things that are sometimes a little bit snootier. Um, okay. And definitely saying that it's not okay to reapply a sticker that fell off. Ah. He, yeah. he shouted no out loud when we said about using a glue stick, which I don't remember <laughs> us actually talking about, but I'm sure we said it. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, Richard Hutchinson, who is in our <laughs> hockey league. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. CC4HRU, which yeah. we'll have to figure out what that means before the end of, uh, end of the season. Yeah. What did yeah. you think your name was, Steve? <laughs> he thought that my last name was Deadly. And <laughs> I, I just, man, I, uh, Steve, be Deadly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I cannot think of a less apt name for you, Steve. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. No, no, I mean, I think my bank probably got it right when they they sent me a box of checks that was Stephen B. Dandy. (laughs) I think that was probably the right mistake to make, but, I mean, I'll take deadly. It makes me feel uh, empowered. Stephen B. Dandy. Oh, those (laughs) are both great. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. I, Uh, I, I I love the mistakes in names. Oh, yeah. Uh, the best is I, I had a friend named Mark Simone, <laughs> and Volkswagen of America thought his name was Maru J.J. Sai. What? And I used to just, I could still die. Maru J.J. Sai. That was the name they came Just up. a really bad typo? Or, or? <laughs> no, like that was what they thought it was. Uh, and I, I, I still have his blockbuster card that says Mark Samore. I just there you go. I I find those things so funny. Yeah, no. So <laughs> Stephen B. Dandy, <laughs> Stephen B. Dandy. Uh, no, he's just Stephen B. Dandy. Yep, man. Have you ever gotten Stephen B. Manly? No, no. But I guess deadly will be. You know, that will suffice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a nice email too from sort of a, a blast from the past name. Uh, he used to post as Youthberg on on the oh, forums. Yeah. And uh, he has a huge 2-1-B focus, so hopefully we can right, talk to him. Right. He said he was very disappointed not to hear from Alex Slater. Um, that's a, a oh, no. pretty common yeah, refrain. How come we didn't talk to him? Um, but Second second opinion episode. we got to remember that's that. That's right. Um, but he said that uh, he had been sort of away from collecting for a while, but that part of the reason was because of the podcast. So, huh? Wait a minute. Okay, yeah. All right, that's part of the reason he came back. 
Okay, okay. <laughs> Part of the reason you so laugh. My first, my first tree is like, man, man, we have caused people to run away. Yeah, you don't have to listen, you know. People know that. The, the second we said the word baseball, a whole bunch of people just scrambled to their thing and changed it over to uh, whatever else they're listening to. Um, yeah. and, and let's see, we've got a lot more here. Um, let's see, we sort of have a, like a, sort of a bunch of stories. And okay. I'm thinking... You know, maybe we should sort of save that as like a little segment. Okay. Because um, we have uh, sort of a story from, uh, I see a guy named Mark and a guy named Sam, and interesting stuff about like sort of times as a kid and some really cool stories about like reading books and stuff. Um, I just I don't think I have the energy to deliver those stories with the time and care they deserve. Okay. Um, well, yeah, why don't we, uh, we we package them together? Package them together. And we'll also put that out there. If you're a listener and if you have sort of a, a cool sort of vintage story, um, I always get afraid of them being too syrupy. You know what I mean? Of being too much like, yeah, yeah. oh boy, I love playing my toys. But it's it never is. You know, they're always interesting. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think the SpaghettiO story tells it all. You know, like. Oh yeah. There's always something there that's that that goes beyond you know oh it was Christmas morning and I opened up the toy yeah um, so yeah. feel free to send those in to kivecast at gmail dot com um, and we'll read those all along so you can hear I'm losing my voice yeah yeah um, another comment from the dark artist oh yeah um, who also sent me he is an artist he sent me a, a link to some of his art so maybe we'll oh, feature cool. that too. And he said that the ice show was the best show he's ever heard. But then he also said, I honestly thought there was no inner circle. I believe I was wrong. I'd love an invitation next time. Frowny face. But, hey, you know what, Dark Artist? We're, there's going to be uh, Celebration 7. We're going to have an archive party. And uh, that's just a big circle with a Dark Artist right in the middle of it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I can only imagine how insane it's going to be for the second time around. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, we really got to get cracking on that, Steve. Yes, we do. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, do. we need our true planning committee. That's not us. <laughs> yeah, especially that's not me. Putting me in charge of, like, calling the caterer and stuff, that is just a bad plan. I'm just going to call in, like, ten taco trucks and, uh, <laughs> oh, beauty. Call, call it that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Was there any other uh, feedback you wanted to get to, Steve? Um, I, mean, I think a, a lot of people said they really enjoyed the last episode. Uh, you know, someone, I think, said more than the last two or three, and, and I, I think it's just because you have so many other voices on there. It's just it was a, tip, a you know breaking the mold a little bit. We we need to do that as often as we can. And it is tough, but in that particular circumstance, it was like gold. You had everybody right there. You could just bring them into the stitch room and, and let them give their their spiel, which is I wish we could do that all the time. Yeah, but um, but no, I mean it's it's uh it's it's good to kind of get back on our uh, our normal track here, and and we got a long way to go. So we certainly do. Yeah. All right, well, Steve, uh, as of this time next month, the uh, championship will be decided in mm-hmm. fantasy baseball. Right, and uh, it will not be either of us. No. So, there you <laughs> Dude, go. See, I already know I'm in last place, but I, I can't confirm because uh, the app on my phone kind of crapped out, so I just stopped checking it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably good, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going to finish probably out of the top half, and uh, 
So there you go, guys. You can just wait next month <laughs> for hockey. For hockey talk <laughs> with Steve. Uh, uh, what quarter is it? The periods. What period is it? Okay. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. We will uh, look forward to hearing your wonderful stories and uh, talking about the Asian security guard. That's right. I think uh, it's going to be a good one. All right. Wampa Wampa. Adios. Yeah, it's about that time. Yeah, it's about that time to wrap it up. You know what I'm saying? Once again, I said I go by the name of DJ Premier. Awesome too. Special K, Teddy Ted. Big up to Biggest Gord, my man Big Black, Brooklyn style, you heard? Also, the world famous M.O.P. And last but not least, I can't forget my partner in crime, guru of Gangstar, forever, baby. No doubt, Just Game 12 want to big up all the underground radio cats and all the pirate radio cats for keeping it real. No doubt, hip-hop collabo, collective, rap, three. Peace, y'all. I want to thank you, brothers and sisters, for a very lovely evening. Never have so few owed so much to so many. Good night.